Uh, if you have a copy of God's Word, you can get it out to Luke chapter 17. Luke chapter 17, we are uh, four weeks into this, this collection of messages on the comeback. And um, last week, talked about, Pastor preached a, a fabulous message about coming back from failure. The week before that, um, a message of coming back to prayer. Wow. Uh, what a call to prayer that was. The week before that, talked about the ultimate comeback when Jesus comes back for his church. I have good news, by the way. We're, we're three weeks closer to the coming of Christ than we were when we talked about it three weeks ago. Amen. Uh, and so uh, what an incredible uh, series this has been. And we're going to uh, bring part four of that uh, today. Luke chapter 17. And we will read verse, starting at verse 11. Luke chapter 17 if you're there, come on. If you're not there, just fake it, all right? Just stay there in Leviticus and pretend nobody can tell the difference, all right? Luke chapter 17, verse 11. I'm reading from the uh, New Living Translation, so uh, you'll see why in just a moment. It says this. It says, as Jesus continued on toward Jerusalem, he reached the border between Galilee and Samaria. He entered a village there, uh, and 10 men with leprosy stood at a distance, crying out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. He looked at them and said, go, show yourselves to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed of their leprosy. And one of them, when he saw that he, had, that he was healed, here it is, he came back. Oh, there's so many comebacks in scripture. Uh, we've been talking about so many different ones. Here's yet another comeback in scripture. Uh, this one leper who notices that he's healed, he comes back to Jesus, shouting, praise God. He falls to the ground at Jesus' feet, thanking him for what he's done. This man was a Samaritan, Luke points out. Verse 17, Jesus answered, did I not heal 10 men? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give glory to God except this Foreigner. And Jesus said to the man, stand up and go. Your faith has healed you. I'm going to preach for a few moments on the thought of come back for praise. Come back for praise. And we're going to pray just a moment. But before we do, I just want to uh, remember for, for um, a moment, you know, we were, we were out of meeting in person, uh, didn't have any in-person services for nine weeks or something like that uh, it was uh, a, a quite a few number of weeks that we didn't have any services there and uh, started, I think, in uh, late March and uh, all the way through uh, to maybe June or something like that, if, if my math is, is correct. But, um, uh, and I remember that first weekend, that was those first few services that I got to be a part of again when it was a, a corporate setting like this uh, here. And I just remember those moments of praise and worship, uh, and I was like a dry and weary land that was uh, kind of experiencing rain for the first time in a long time. And then you say, well, were you not praying? Were you not worshiping? Were you not doing church at home? Yes, uh, of course we were doing all those things. We were having service at home and, and uh, you know, taking part and worshiping, and I, I still was a Christian. I was still maintaining my relationship with God. I was still praying. Boy, but there's something about joining together with God's people, worshiping God and His presence and habits. It dwells in that setting. And so I, I guess I could say it this way. It was like 
you know, your favorite food, and it's been a while since you've had your favorite dish, and you have it in you, boy, you think, boy, I like this more than I thought I did. I, this tastes even better than I remember it tasting. Well, that's what it was like. It tasted even better than I remembered it tasting. And here's why I shared that, because some of you haven't been able to come back yet, and when you do, you're going to remember my face, okay? You're going to remember me saying, you're going to remember me saying this, and you're going to be like, Pastor Johnny was right. This is even better than I remembered it. Uh, this is even more rich and more uh, powerful than I even thought it was going to be. And uh, that is the power of comeback praise. Somebody say amen. Amen. All right, let's pray. Father, thank you for this word. Open our ears to hear. I ask God a prophetic anointing on it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, we've been talking about different comebacks and I read a cool story about a comeback that I wanted to share with you uh, today. It's not a human uh, comeback. Uh, this is actually a canine comeback. Are there any dog people in the house today? Let me see the dog people. Oh, I love it. I love it. Quite a few of you. I'm sure there was many at uh, the campuses as well. Dog, now I got to you, the people who raise their hand, I think you understand, but for those of you who didn't, you got to understand there's a difference between people who have a dog and people who are dog people, right? There's a difference. Like some people have a dog, but then the people that the dog has them, those are the dog people, all right? <laughs> the reason why I know that is because I is one, all right? Me, our, our family, boy, we are dog people. We are a dog family. Our dog runs the show. Uh, and actually, me and Pastor Matt were talking a couple weeks ago. I didn't ask him permission to, uh, to, to share this conversation, but uh, it'll be all right. We were talking, and, and uh, you know how people say, like, people say stuff about uh, uh, being like, oh, they treat, treated me like a dog. You know how people will say that sometimes. Well, they'll be talking about some wife that's maybe mean to her husband and say, boy, she just treats him like a dog. Well, he and I were talking just a couple weeks ago and we were just thinking, we would love it if our wife treated us like our dog. <laughs> Man, our marriage would just absolutely skyrocket. Now hear me, I'm not saying that my wife doesn't love me. She does love me just not as much as she loves my dog. I'm not saying that she doesn't treat me well. She, my wife treats me great, just not as good as she treats my dog. I would love it if I was treated like a dog. So I'm a dog person, so when I read this story, um, I had a little, my heart warmed as I read this story. It was a story about a dog. His name is Moon. He is a full-bred uh, Siberian Husky. And his, uh, there he is with his owner, uh, Doug. And, and Doug had three, has three dogs. This happened about a little over a decade ago, actually. Doug had three dogs and he uh, lives in Eli, Nevada. And uh, he took a road trip. Um, he was headed up to Tonopah, Nevada, and uh, a couple hundred miles away. And he, and he goes and he takes all three dogs with him. I don't know what he was doing there. And he, he spends the weekend or something. On his way back, um, he stops in the area called Railroad Valley. And when he does, he thinks, well, I'm going to let the dogs out, maybe let them go to the bathroom and let them walk around a little bit. So he does. And when he does, um, Moon, the Siberian Husky, um, the clip somehow came uh, detached from his collar and he took off running. Now, this dog had a tendency to do that at home. He would take off running quite a bit. And, and Doug said in the news story afterwards, he said, but he always made his way back home. But now they're 77 miles away from home and that dog is just running northwest. That's all he knows is the dog is running northwest. And so he spends a couple hours driving all over the place, yelling, moon, moon, trying to get moon so he could take him back home. Uh, can't find him anywhere after a couple hours. Notice that he was kind of headed 
towards the general direction of an Indian reservation. And so when he gets home, he calls the tribal police there and says, hey, my, my dog Moon, it's a Siberian husky, ran away from me. Uh, you know, I live in Eli, but if you, ever, if you see him, here's my phone number. Leaves it and um, waits a day, waits two days, three days, four days, uh, five, waits a whole week, hasn't heard anything uh, uh, for Moon. So if anybody sees a Siberian Husky, just let him know. That's the end of the story. Just kidding. It's not. It's, I wouldn't in there. Yeah. So after a week, um, he gets a phone call. And uh, what had happened is, is that Moon showed up at the convenience store right near the house there in Eli that the dog had been to many times. Somebody sees it and sees the tag and, and, uh, and gives... Uh, puts it in the right places and ends up calling Doug and says, hey, we got Moon. He smells horrible, smelled like skunks. We don't know what kind of, uh, what kind of wildlife he encountered on his 77-mile journey back home. I don't think he hitchhiked because he doesn't have thumbs. So this dog, sits, just, this dog just makes his way, living off rabbits, living off of whatever, uh, getting sprayed by skunks and gets back home. Isn't that crazy? I don't know, like, I know that there may be some sort of instinctual, like, sense of direction in dogs and maybe especially in certain breeds, but I started thinking about it. What brought that dog home? And I would say that maybe it was this, his love for his master. His love for his master is what inspired that comeback. You go, dogs can't love. Well, you're not a dog person, all right? So you don't know. <laughs> My dog loves me. Amen. But I want my love for my master to inspire a comeback to praise. Not just weekly, not just today, but I want that to mark my life, right? That I just constantly am coming back. I'm constantly getting close to my master to give him the praise that he deserves. And so uh, I want you to join me in that, making that your heart's cry. Matter of fact, everybody, all of our campuses, come on, say this with me. Say, I want to come back to praise. Come on, say, I will, I will. come back to, praise. back to praise. Amen. So as we pull some truth out of this passage of Scripture where this one leper comes back to praise, uh, I want to kind of make some declarative statements. I want you to own those in your heart as well. But I, first of all, I want to come back to praise really because I can come to him in prayer. I want to come back to praise because I can pray to him. I like the way this kind of story starts in verse 12. Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem, and as he does, he enters a, a village there. It's on the a border of Samaria and, and Galilee, and he enters a village there, and 10 men with leprosy stood at a distance, and look at it, they're crying out, Jesus, Master, they say master, uh, and that's a word that means chief commander. In other words, they, they knew that this was somebody, I don't know how they'd heard about Jesus, but somewhere in, in their minds, in their hearts, they knew this was somebody that they could call out to, that they could pray to, and they could change their circumstance. They say, Jesus, master, have mercy on us. And I want you to notice something about their prayer. They didn't even mention the real problem in their prayer. They didn't even mention uh, leprosy. They simply just said, Jesus, will you have mercy on us? Like they're, they're saying, Jesus, you are so powerful, you are so sovereign, that any involvement that you would have in my situation is going to be worth it. And so Jesus, have mercy. Now, they could have prayed a whole different way. 
They could have been praying and listened to all the complications that they had with their disease. They could have listed all of their symptoms. They could have listed all. They said, oh, Jesus, uh, please, we, can we have your attention? We have leprosy. I know it may seem obvious, but we have leprosy. And we don't, we're lonely. All we have is each other. Misery has brought us together. We can't have jobs. We can't be with our families. We can't be with our friends. We're constantly in a state of discomfort. I can't rest. Uh, uh, I have sores and I'm losing uh, body parts and this is so horrible and I don't understand and I don't know where to go and I don't they could have listed all of these problems but instead of listing all of these problems they simply said God have mercy on me and here's the thing about listing our problems and and listing our our, our, our complaints to God is that praise Praise is what makes the difference. Praise is what keeps my prayers from just being a list of complaints. You see what I'm saying? Listen, I could, we could complain all the time if you wanted to. And I heard somebody say the other day that they asked the question, they said, do people complain because they have a lot of problems or do they have a lot of problems because they complain? That's a scary question to ask yourself. I don't want to have extra problems because I complain. You know what? Instead of having a life that's filled with complaints, I want to have a life that's filled with confidence in Christ, knowing that I can call out to him and I can give him praise that he's always available to me. Notice something else about this moment of prayer and praise as they collide in this story. It says that Jesus is on his way uh, on a journey, he comes to this village, and right as he walks into the village, they approach him with their, with their, with their prayer. Now, normally, if somebody were to come into a, travel, a traveling situation like that, and they would make their way into a village, normally the people in the village would kick into hospitality mode, and they would make sure then that this new guest coming into their village uh, was, was fed uh, because no doubt they would have been hungry and, and maybe given it somewhere to rest because no doubt they would be tired traveling by foot. They would uh, make sure that uh, maybe they were given a chance to get cleaned up and just overall be refreshed. And so this would normally be the first thing that you would do coming into a village is figure out where that could happen. But these guys don't even wait for Jesus to do any of that. And you know what? Jesus was okay with it. I love that about Christ, that it's one of the reasons why I, I love to praise God is because, you know what, he's always available to me. If he's always available to me for my prayer, then I'm going to always acknowledge him with my praise. I just feel like that's the, the least I can do because, because there may not be anybody else in your life that's always available to you. Maybe somebody, uh, you know, something happened this week and it was during the, during the week and you're like, man, I don't know, I don't know where to turn because everybody's at work and everybody's busy. You know what? You can turn to Jesus at two o'clock in the afternoon. Or maybe it was 2 a.m. and you're laying awake and your kids are supposed to be home hours ago and they're still not home and you're like, I don't even know who to talk to about this. Nobody's awake. Nobody. You know what? Jesus is right there waiting for you. Maybe it's 5 a.m. And you wake up from a dead sleep at 5 a.m. and then your mind starts to go. And you start to stress about everything that you got to do this week. Who am I going to talk to at 5 a.m. about everything I'm stressed about? You can talk to Jesus at 5 a.m. with everything you're stressed about. And because he's available, that's why I say he's worthy of my praise. Amen. The church said amen. Yes. That's why I'm going to come back to praise because I can always come to him in prayer. The second 
kind of motivation for me as I looked at this scripture. I want to come back to praise because I can trust him. And verse 14 is, is, uh, is a special part of this. The Bible says he looked at them. He sees their condition. He understands what's going on. He looked at them and then he gives them an, I think, probably an unexpected instruction at that moment. He says, go show yourselves to the priests. The Bible says, as they went, they were cleansed of their leprosy. As they went, that's an important phrase in this story. It's an important phrase in this narrative that as they went, they were cleansed of their leprosy. Now the reason why Jesus sent them to the priest is because the priest would be the one that would inspect someone with a skin disease like this. And the priest would be the one that would determine whether or not they would uh, receive a clean bill of health, be able to go back to normal life, go back to the job, go back home, go back to family, go back to friends. It's the priest that could give that stamp of approval. But it's also the priest that would inspect and go, no, 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 this, this, this disease is, is still ravaging your body and you're still suffering from this. And so you have to still maintain the distance. You have to still maintain this lifestyle that this disease has given you. And so when Jesus sends them to the priest, I mean, we understand why the problem was that as he sends them to the priest, they still have leprosy. So it doesn't really make any sense for me to go take steps towards the priest when I've got this condition, because I know what the priest is gonna say. He's gonna say the only thing he can say. And yet these 10 lepers have a decision to make. Do I trust what he's telling me to do even though it doesn't make logical sense. And they have to take a couple steps towards the priests with no change at all. How do I know it was no change? Now, as they went, they were cleansed, but I don't think it was the first couple steps because there wouldn't be a comeback if it was just the first couple steps. All t- if it was one step, all 10 of them, Jesus, check it out, one step, we did it. It wasn't one step. It was a few steps. It was probably a few hundred steps. Maybe it was a mile. I don't know. But at some point in that obedience, at some point in that trusting of what Jesus told them to do, they're cleansed. And one of them decides to come back because of that moment of trust. Now, this week was a little bit of an interesting week for me. Uh, Sunday night, this last Sunday night, I spoke at uh, our college uh, age service, The Voice, and if you uh, are a young adult and college age, tonight at seven, that service will be happening. It is incredible. If you've never been, uh, give it a shot back there in the youth uh, auditorium. But I spoke last Sunday night in that service, and when the uh, service got done, I, I, just, I, I just wasn't feeling that great. I really didn't feel that well even Sunday afternoon uh, leading up, but I, was, I thought I was just tired. And so after the service, I just kind of like started aching a little bit, and not really knowing uh, what was going on. And and then uh, I go to bed, and then I wake up in the middle of the night, Sunday night, uh, and I am a fever and just body aches and uh, chills and uh, just all kinds of stuff going on. And I got to just tell you the truth, as I'm laying there in bed, I don't know if fear got a hold of me or what, but I start thinking, I'm like, this is probably it. Like, it's the COVID. I think I got it. You know, like, I talked to enough people with similar symptoms where, and you remember back in the old days when you just get sometimes a little bug, a little sickness or whatever, and it was just that, it was like a little bug or something, but now everything's COVID. Like no matter what the symptom, we just think COVID. Like my ear's a little sore, it's COVID. I heard that's one of the, that's one of the new symptoms, a sore. Oh wait, it's a mosquito bite. Forget it, I'm good, all right. Everything's COVID. 
I fell into the trap, so I'm like, man, I don't know. So I was going to wait and see how I felt on Monday. Monday, I still felt the same way, just body aches and no energy at all, all through Monday. So Monday night, I text pastor and said, Pastor, uh, I got some symptoms. Probably shouldn't be in, uh, probably shouldn't come in tomorrow. I'm going to go get tested uh, tomorrow. Pastor texted right back. He said, what symptoms? <laughs> He just wanted to be, he wanted to know how to specifically pray, you know, like, uh, uh, and so I told him and then uh, him and uh, Sister Alice kind of did just a lot over the top to help me on, on Tuesday and uh, just being so gracious. And uh, Tuesday, then I went to go get a, a rapid test uh, and uh, I'd heard, I'd heard about the COVID test and I'm not going to ask who's had it because I don't know if that would be embarrassing for anybody or whatever, but I, I'd heard about uh, the COVID test. And I heard that this, you know, big swab and they go up and touch the back of your brain and whatever. I'd heard about that. But somewhere, somewhere I thought, well, the, but the 15 minute test is not that. Like, I don't know if I'd misheard some information, but I thought they just swab your you know, mouth or something like that. And I'm like, well, that's fine. I can do that. So I get there and I'm expecting something very, uh, just not very intrusive at all. I sit, he says, sit down on the thing. I sit down on the thing. And uh, I'm sitting there just waiting for a little, little mouth swab or something. And then whoosh, he pulls out the, <laughs> like, a, like a sword, you know, with a little cotton on the end, you know, just for visual. Uh, picture like a painter's extension pole, like kind of like that, but with a cotton on the end. Sorry. Uh, so he pulls this out and I was like, oh, okay, it's going to be like that. All right. And uh, he says, yeah, be still. I was like, okay. So then he, he goes up my nose and just keeps going to the point that everything within me is like, this isn't right. Like, I, and so I just go, gah, and I just dive out of the way. And then he kind of like freaks out a little bit because I'm moving and that's not good when that's that far up there. And he says, oh man, yeah, you gotta be still. I was like, yeah, sorry. And then we just sit there in silence for about 10 seconds, like in this weird standoff. And then he goes, well, let me know when you're ready. Uh, I said, I said, let, let you know. I, I th so that one didn't count. What just happened there? He goes, no. Nah. He, he said, that wasn't far enough. I was like, oh, man, all right. So then he, he comes again uh, at me and uh, goes up. And I'm trying to just be so still, trying to be a good little patient. And he goes up. And then again, it's just, it's just too far. Like I felt it like coming right here. <clears throat> and so I, again, I dive out of the way. Like I'm, I'm just three years old again. I was like, oh, like this. Dive out of the way. At this point, he starts kind of laughing at me. I'm laughing at me too. He goes, is that side of your nose uh, sensitive? I'm like, yeah, I'm sure that's what it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you want to try the other side? I'm like, oh, I'm sure it'll be much better over there. Yes, try the other side. <laughs> so then he, he comes to the other side and I, I just brace myself because I start thinking the more I dive away, the more times this has to happen. I want it to just work. So I'm like, ah! and then he goes up and, and gets the sample that he needs and uh, goes and and they run the 15-minute test. And I told this story actually last night in service, and I forgot to tell the end of, like, my results. <laughs> and I noticed it because in the, in the atrium, greeting people after service, everybody's like, yep, all right, pastor, yep. Yeah, good job. Yeah, that was good, yeah. <laughs> Nobody wanted to be anywhere near. I was like, I think I forgot to mention. Uh, so it was negative, by the way. Yeah, well, amen. That's why. I was going to joke and say it was positive, but I'm just, you know, but I'm not, no, at all. We're not even joking about that. Uh, so it was, it was negative. But here's the thing that I, I, I was really wrestling with and kind of coming to my mind that it is so hard to trust 
when we're in the process. Like we know the results we want, but man, it is hard to trust in the process when something just doesn't feel right. And, uh, and I wouldn't say that some of the pastors were making fun of me because of my story. Some of the pastors who had, you know, have gone through tests like that and said, oh, come on. And I'm like, they said, did it really hurt? I said, it didn't hurt at all. It just felt so wrong. Like that's the thing. It was just, and it's so hard to trust when you're, when you're going through something that doesn't feel right, you know the results you want, but it's hard to trust. I, I just feel like it may have felt that same way when those guys are taking steps, doing maybe what Jesus told them to do, but wait, this doesn't, wait, this doesn't feel right. But the more I can do what God has told me to do, whether I feel it or not, the more I can trust him, the more praise is going to be kicked into my life because of it. See, we want the opposite. Like, we want the results first, and then we'll do the journey. Like, we want to go, okay, God, I know that you, they talk about tithing all the time, so my next raise, as soon as I get a raise, boom, I'm going to start tithing. We want the results first, and then we want the journey. You know what? I'm going to apologize to my spouse as soon as they start trying to treat me better. And when I see a change in them, then I'm going to try to be different. You know what? Uh, when I'm, I'm going to come to Christ. I'm going to walk those altars one of these days. I just got to get some stuff cleaned up in my life first. No, you got to take a step that sometimes doesn't even feel right. Because that's what faith is. That's what trusting is. And that's what will lead to praise in your life. I praise him because I can pray to him, because I can trust him. I like, the, the, this jumped out to me in this passage of scripture too. I praise him just because he deserves it. Oh, I praise him because he deserves it. I like what verse 16 says. This uh, one who comes back falls to the ground at Jesus' feet, thanking him for what he has done. Luke points out and says, this man was a Samaritan. I'll tell you why Luke makes that distinction in a moment. Jesus didn't, uh, then Jesus says this. He says, uh, didn't I heal 10 men? Now, the reason why I like this passage is because it shows just a little, a little hint of holy sarcasm from Jesus. I don't know, like, you know Jesus knew exactly how many men he healed. But Jesus, with this little, just little tiny bit of sarcasm, which the reason why I like to see Jesus do that is because I feel like one of my spiritual gifts is sarcasm as well. And so it kind of <laughs> lets me off the hook a little bit. But this guy comes back and Jesus is sitting there, looks at this one who's come back, and he says, wait a minute, how many was there? Is it, was it just you that I didn't? He says, didn't I heal 10 men? He says, where are the other nine? And I'm sure this one's like, I'm not sure they're walking to the priest. I came back, I don't know. He says, where are the other nine? He says, has no one, has no one come back to give glory to God except this foreigner? And here's what I love about that. Just even Jesus pointing it out. Just him even saying Hey, by the way, wasn't there 10? Where are the other nine? Do you know what Jesus was saying? Do you know he was communicating so loud and clear? He was saying this, I'm not just worthy of one person's praise. I'm worthy of all 10 people's praise. I'm worthy of everybody's praise. Jesus was pointing out and says, you know what? I don't deserve 10% praise. Jesus was saying, I deserve 100% praise. Where's the other 90%? And I don't know if Jesus' little survey and his little scientific experiment, I don't know if that is a true representation of how it goes in everyday life. 
Like, in other words, I don't know if God's sitting here blessing all of us all the time, all of our campuses, you watching somewhere else. He's blessing us, blessing us, and yet only one out of every 10 of us is coming back and giving him praise. Or let's look at it this way. I don't know if maybe it represents this. Maybe in my life, God takes care of me. God provides. God delivers. God encourages. God empowers. God's doing all this in my life. And yet only 10% of the things that he's doing in my life am I even giving him praise for. Wow. It's a scary thought to think that praise would be that uh, missed in our lives. You know, he is so worthy of praise that it even overshadows our unworthiness of praise. Because Luke points out this guy's a Samaritan. Jesus says only this foreigner comes back. He's like, why is everybody pointing that out? Because the Samaritans and the Jews had a very, very contentious relationship, did not like one another, did not deal with one another. And now this is the one, the one out of the 10 that was least likely to come back for praise. He's the one that comes back for praise. Kind of surprises anybody who would be watching the scene. And maybe you feel like that. Maybe you feel like you're the last person that should be giving God praise. Maybe you go, you know, I would give God praise. I would begin to pray and thank God for all he's done. But man, uh, I mean, you don't know what I've been and, and what I've done. And I mean, I would lift my hands in praise today in church, but these hands are dirty because I know what I, you know what I said and I know what I was thinking this week. And so we think that we are not worthy. Some of you literally don't step out in, in worship to God because you just feel like you don't deserve it. And listen to me, you don't deserve it. But that's not the question. The question is, is he worthy? And his worthiness and his deserving overrides and overshadows our undeservingness. The problem would be then that we just miss it too often. That too often we have the opportunity to praise and we don't. I read a story this week that Chuck Swindoll told and he was visiting a, a person that he knew in a veteran's hospital. This man had been in the hospital for quite some time. And he was going to visit him as he had done many times before. But this time a scene unfolds as he's there for this hospital visit. And while he's there, um, he, his, the, the man shows him something that he had made during his stay in the hospital. He said, look at this truck that I made for my son. Uh, he's like, I put it together and I had some people bring me some supplies. And so I, I, I made this for him. And as the father's showing him uh, the truck, uh, the, the, the son arrives at the hospital with his mom. The boy was not able to come up to that unit where the dad was. And so he looks out the window and he sees that mom and son have, have gotten there to the entrance of the hospital. And so the guy, the patient, he, he grabs an orderly and he says, hey, hey, can you, can you take this truck, uh, put, in, put it in this box, and can you take this down to my son? He's down there at the entrance. I made this truck for him. He's going to be so excited. The orderly goes down the elevator, comes out the door of this veteran's hospital, and he presents this to this little boy uh, the, this, this gift from his father. The little boy opens up the box and he pulls out this wooden truck that his dad has made. And he's just like, oh my Eyes light up. He just can't believe it. He drops straight to the ground. Sorry. Starts doing what boys do with trucks. Like, just doing all this. Dad's up in the window just watching, so happy. And as the boy's down there playing with the truck, then the boy pops up and he looks at that orderly. And he jumps up and he puts his arms around the neck of that orderly. And he says, thank you. Thank you so much for my truck. And as this little boy's got his arms wrapped around this orderly's neck, thanking him for the truck, 
dad is up at that window on the fifth floor looking down. He says, no, son, it was me. It was me, I, I made the truck. It was me, I, I gave you the truck. Chuck Swindoll said tears start to flow down the face of this father as he's screaming through the window, pacing back and forth. It was me. And about that time, mom runs over and taps her son on the shoulder and says, no, 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 son, look, look up there in the fifth floor, it's dad. Dad's the one that made you the truck. About that time, the boy's eyes go up and he sees the window on the fifth floor. He says, Daddy, oh, Daddy, thank you for the truck. It's the best gift ever. Daddy, I miss you. I want you to come home. Thank you for the truck. And as I read that story, I just started knowing that there were times in my life when I was at both of those stages of that little boy's moment. There have been times in my life when I've been wrapped around the wrong things, thanking the wrong things for the blessings in my life. A lot of times we want to give credit to everything else. And if, if, if you have provision in your life, then you're going, to, you're going to say, well, it's because, you know, I'm so talented and so I'm so gifted as a salesman or it's because of this great job and I have a, they, this company is so good and so uh, there's a chance for advancement all the time and so I'm just so thankful for that. Listen, it's okay to be thankful for that, but you better first be thankful to God because he is your provider. You may have found health. Like, it's okay if some doctor or some situation, right, brought some healing to your body and it's okay to thank them, but you better first thank God for your health. It's okay to thank somebody for encouraging you, but you gotta understand, it's God who put it in their heart to speak that word of encouragement to your life. Me and Pastor were talking about this, uh, this passage this morning, actually. And one of the things that we found, we found so crazy in this passage is that Jesus told them, go show yourself to the priest. And while the other nine were doing what Jesus had told them to do, the one comes back and Jesus is like, where's everybody? And I bet the one was going, I think they're doing what you said to do when you were like, go show yourself to the, I think they went and showed themselves to the priest. And yet he comes back and he's doing the right thing. And it's like, what, what's, what's going on? Did he not want him? Did he not want them to show themselves to the priest? Here's what I'm just saying, maybe. Maybe he did, but not first. Maybe first, you come and give me praise. And then once you then, once you do that, yes, go show yourself to the priest. Yes, go thank who you gotta thank. Yes, go get the certificates you gotta go get. But first, come and praise me. And that's what the one did. He decided, Jesus, you're first. And I'm going to praise you because you deserve it. Finally would be this. I want to come back to praise because it prepares me. It prepares me for my next level in God. Look at verse 19. Jesus said to the man, stand up and go. Your faith has healed you. What a, what a powerful statement. It's the same statement that Jesus made a few chapters back when a sinful woman has dropped to her knees anointing him. Uh, anointing his feet. The people in the room are second guessing her motivation and Jesus looks at her and he says this same thing. Your faith has healed you. Go in peace. Stand up. Your faith has healed you. What I love about this is this one that comes back. See the other nine, all ten received a physical healing but this one received more than that. 
he received a spiritual healing, a spiritual wholeness. While nine of them were going to see the priest, one of them became a priest and just said, I'm just gonna go straight to God. I don't need somebody else to get me, get me there. I'm gonna go straight to God. And praise still does that for us today. It still unlocks our next level in God. It still moves us to that next level that God has for us. Sometimes when I've, through the years, walked around our church properties and a lot of times I'll maybe get to a door that's locked and maybe it's a door that I don't access all that often. It's one that I, I don't, uh, you know, go through in an area. And so when I get to those doors, sometimes I'll try one key and then I'll try a different key and try another key. Now, the doors that I go in all the time, I know exactly which key is going to open that door. But sometimes through the years, I'll hit a, a spot or a hallway or a door that it's not one that I hit all that frequently. And I'm sitting there and I try a different key, key different key. Di oh, there, finally, that's the key that gets me in here. And I would fear that some of us would get so comfortable in our current situation. It's just so easy to get comfortable in the comfort zone and not even think about what's my next level in God? What's my next level in ministry? What's the next thing God has me gonna step out and be more effective in ministry? What's my next level in worship? How much more intimate can my relationship with God be? What's my next level in prayer? What's my next level in, in uh, God using me to minister to people around me? Sometimes we so get so unfamiliar with our next level that we forget what key unlocks the door to that next level. And let me remind you what that key is. That key is still praise. Psalms 100 says, enter his courts with praise. And sometimes because we haven't done it or we've forgotten the power of it, we forget what it looks like. Let me remind you what it looks like because it looked like it did for this one. This comeback to praise. When he gets to Jesus, he's shouting He's shouting, praise God. And I like the volume of this. I know you don't have to shout all the time, but I just like the volume of this. I like the passion in this. I like the dynamic of his praise because the dynamic of his praise met the desperation of his prayer. See, some of us are good at praying, 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 complaining, praying, praying, praying. And then when God comes through, we don't even praise anymore. We don't even thank him for what he's done. No, I like the fact that his praise was even louder than his petition. Amen. And so he begins to cry out, Jesus, uh, praise God. He says, he falls at the ground at Jesus' feet and he's embracing Jesus' feet and he says, thank you, thank you. The Bible says he's thanking him for what he's done. And I'll end with this and then we're gonna praise him. I'll just give you a fair warning right now. We're getting ready to get our praise on. But let me tell you, before we do, I like that he's praising him for what he has just done done. Sometimes we get generic in our praise, generic in our worship, and I'm not even saying there's anything wrong with it, but we're just out here, every praise is to our God, and we're just like, it's true. It all, all, all the praise should just go to Him, and we just, we're not even thinking about anything. We're just singing it, just kind of in it, and it's awesome. But how many know there's a difference between that, which is good, there's a difference between that and going, God, well, you, you came through for me yesterday. Oh, God, I was... I was sick in my body, and you came through. How many know you can look around a, a service sometime, and you can notice the people that just recently came back to Christ? They're up in church. I mean, they're going praise because they're like, last month I was a sinner. Last month I was broken. Last month I was sinful. Last month I was dirty, and I am clean. And so, God, thank you for saving me. But the longer it goes, the less specific we get about our praise. 
And so let's be specific. Here's what I want you to do, everybody in this room. We're getting ready to praise. But I want you to take 30 seconds. There at our campuses. Come on, take 30 seconds. If you're watching on the screen somewhere, come on, let's take 30 seconds. And I want you to think about what you're going to give praise to God for today. All right? Think about today's praise. Think about what you're going to give him praise for. And so I don't know what it is for you, but you will. All right? You will. Take some, take some time and just begin to think about it. Maybe it is for your health. Maybe it is for provision. Maybe it is for something that happened that started to work together in, in your family. It looked like a situation was just going to stay broken and God started to mend it. Oh, maybe you can think back a week or two and say, oh yes, God, when, when you came through, that was unexpected. I did not expect you to come through like that. See, I've just been doing that this week because God was preaching this message to me before he preached it through me. And I've just been this week just thinking about all the goodness and the blessings of God. And I've been giving him specific praise. I was saying, God, thank you for coming through here. And thank you for coming through there. And if you're ready to thank him with specific praise, come on, at all of our campuses, would you stand to your feet? Will you lift your hands high to heaven? And come on, lift your voice and just say, God, I praise you. God, I praise you for, and come on, fill in the blank. God, I praise you. I praise you. Come on, lift your voice. Let's let our praise be more dynamic than our prayer is desperate. Come on, thank him. Thank him for that job. Thank him for that relationship. Thank him for his presence. Thank him for raising you up. Thank him for bringing you through COVID. Thank him for bringing you through a season of spiritual drought, a season of financial drought. Come on, thank him that he still got you. We praise you. We praise you. Our hallelujah is yours. Come on, sing hallelujah all across all of our campuses. Come on, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Give him praise. All the glory, all the honor, all of the praise. You deserve it. There's none like you, God. Sing that again with hands lifted high. Say all of the glory belongs to you. Mm. Oh, all of the glory belongs to you. We thank you, God. We thank you, God. Right now in the presence of God, I would just ask you to close your eyes. Because there are some, no doubt, under the sound of my voice who are outside of this kind of dynamic, vibrant relationship with Christ. And sin does the same to all of us. It separates us from God. Matter of fact, 
leprosy was kind of a physical illustration of the spiritual condition of sin. Just eats away at us, separates us. And so somebody is hearing me right now and that's where you find yourself separated from God, separated from the life that you were intended to live and you know it. You need to come back to Christ or maybe somebody's never even accepted Christ before and there's something real happening in this environment of praise. So I just want to pray for you if that's you. Nobody's looking around. It's just between you and God. But if you just be honest enough right now to just say, Pastor, will you include me in this prayer because I need forgiveness of my sin. I need to establish or reestablish my relationship with God. If that's you, I just want you to hold your hand up. Let me see it and I'll pray for you. I need Christ today. I need forgiveness today. Pray for me. Yes, yes, yes. Anybody else? I need Christ. Any of our campuses, come on, lift your hand if that's you. I need Christ today. God bless you. God bless you. Can we do this? Can we all pray together? A prayer of commitment. Pray this with me. Say, Jesus. Jesus. I know I need you. I know I need you. And I ask you now. And I ask you now. To forgive me of my sin. To forgive me of my sin. And to cleanse me. And to cleanse me. I turn away from my past. Turn away from my past. So that I can follow you. So that I can follow you. And give you praise. Give you praise. With my life. With my life. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Let's go ahead and give him praise for what? The life change that just happened. Radical life change. And if you're one of those that prayed that prayer and you meant it, maybe you prayed it for the first time or maybe it was a rededication, we just want to talk with you and give you just a little bit of information that will help you on that journey of relationship with God. And so do us a favor and grab your phone and put this number in and text the word SAVED. And it just uh, kind of represents and illustrates what just happened in your life as you prayed that prayer. You got saved. And, and uh, we want to uh, continue to pray with you. Matter of fact, when we dismiss this service, these altars will be open. There'll be people here that are uh, more than uh, just able and willing and excited to pray with you if you, if you so choose to do that. Maybe it's a prayer uh, need in, in, in another area of your life. We just want to stand with you in prayer uh, on any level. And so we want to be there for you and help you do that. So when we conclude in, in prayer, these altars are open. Make your way forward if you, if you need to and want to do that. But as we get ready to pray, I just want to challenge you with this. Let's come back to praise. Let's come back to praise, not just on a Sunday, not just in a service, but on Monday this week, on Tuesday. Let's come back to it again on Wednesday. Come back to it again on Thursday. Come on, every day, let's find something to give God praise for. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Father, in Jesus' name, we do honor you, Lord God, and we thank you so much for speaking to our hearts today, for encouraging us by your word and by your spirit, Lord God. We are encouraged that no matter what, Lord God, you are worthy of our praise. And God, we will be the ones to come back and bring you the glory and the honor and the praise that you're worthy of. God, help us do that throughout this week, Lord God, on our jobs, in our families, in our schools, Lord God. As we face the week to come, Lord God, let us face it remembering that you are worthy of our praise and our devotion. God, we go forward out of this house, out of this time together, Lord God, to serve you with everything that we've got. For my brother, for my sister, Lord, that gave their life to you for the first time today, God, I pray that you'll help them, that you'll strengthen them, that you'll encourage them to be able to do the same. And God, I pray that we all, that we all would walk under your blessings, grace, and favor as we face the week to come. We love you, we honor you, and bless you. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. 
God bless you, church. Love you so much. Hope to see you again very soon. If you're watching online, there's a number that you can call right there on your screen if you'd like somebody to pray with you. If you're in the sanctuary and you want to come to the altar for prayer, that's available to you as well. God bless you. For those of you online, Kids Way is coming with ministry for you and your kids in just a moment. You take care.